Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast. But before we get into the latest 7th Heaven episode that we're covering, uh, another, some more news on the Camden Cast Instagram front. Uh, our, we have Barry Watson, uh, who plays Ma- Matt Camden, uh, interacting with us, which is really exciting. Um, so one of the latest posts that we made on our Instagram, uh, if you remember from the season finale of season three, we had a dream sequence of what old man Matt Camden would look like. An old lady, Shauna and Heather would look like. So, and so I, uh, when I posted to Instagram, uh, I added Barry Watson and I said, how long did you have to sit in makeup for this? Because it looked like it was, like, really caked on there. And he actually responded. He was like, it was a very early morning, but he really enjoyed being old, and he felt like he could get away with anything. Yeah. To see what he specifically said, which is exactly what I just said, but maybe you want to see it yourself, check out our Instagram, which we'll yeah. talk more about later in the show. So, uh, today, in today's episode of Cameron Cast, we will be talking about Season 4, Episode 2 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Life is Too Beautiful, or in Germany, the title is Life is Wonderful, uh, so they're pretty much the same there. And our IMDb user synopsis is, Eric is released from hospital, but drives everyone crazy with his pathetic enjoyment of every imaginable small blessing. Simon Mann feels his stepping in as in the house is undermined when Matt joins the ridicule of him shaving and is tricked by Ruthie. Simon makes a commiserating friend, Fat Jim. Matt still tries to get used to go to... Pardon. Matt still tries to get used to his early morning job, and Shauna is jealous about him spending most his time there and with his roommate. So... Uh, I don't think that kid had a name. It definitely wasn't Fat Jim. <laughs> well, it was. Like, I think his name was Jim, because in IMDb, that's what they've credited him as. Oh, okay. But I only know him as Weepy, and he is my new favorite character, yeah. which I will tell you about later. Uh, but for the first time in a while, we have some user reviews to share with you. Um, we very rarely have user reviews where the, where the watch viewers... The person leaving the review. Yes. It is uh, very upset with the episode or doesn't seem to like it. Uh, most people that leave reviews are quite happy with everything. Um, but we it's have, usually like a glowing review. Like yeah. this was the best episode ever. Yes. Usually like it's 10 out of 10 for everything. But uh, we have two reviews here that were very unhappy with how things worked out. Um, so I'm just going to go into them. The first one is called... Both pleasant and annoying, and with a speech that's meant to be beautiful, but is in fact horrifying in what it reveals about the way people still think. Um, Okay, so, I enjoy the Reverend's good mood and his new joie de vivre outlook in this episode. I was rather annoyed at how annoyed his family seemed to be by it. I guess nearly losing a husband or father isn't a big deal to them. But the part that absolutely horrified me was a little speech the Reverend made to his wife in the bathtub about what he saw when he had uh, his his brush brush with death. So I'm not, uh, the reviewer actually writes the whole speech down. Uh, we're going to get into what the speech is later, but it's basically about he, ha- he has visions of all the m- men from his family, like his Succeeding, father. Succeeding, you know, that's what connects them all, the strength of the men. Right. So um, at the end of his description, and uh, this I'm going back to the review now, at the end of his description, Annie says, that's beautiful. Apparently, she's completely oblivious to the fact that the father of her children considers women insignificant, unrelated to him, not worthy of a thought except with the single exception of his mother's existence during the, his birth. Uh, 
After giving birth to seven children, Annie can feel good about the fact that all the generations that come after will, if they follow in her husband's sexist footsteps, have all of the warm and fuzzy thoughts about him and absolutely none about her. One cannot avoid daily evidence of the sexism around us, but this speech left me in shock. Um, which, honestly, when I was watching this episode, did not even consider that viewpoint, but... Yeah, we'll talk more about what the speech is and what the scene is about so you can form your own opinion and see if you agree with this user or not. Um, the other review is a lot shorter. Is titled, After Eric's Heart Attack, the good old reverend gets high and starts to space out. Not really very reverend-like, but whatever. A good episode about what dr drugs do to your mind, though. Also, you shouldn't be watching a kid if you are high. This episode was boring, and the plot was stupid, though I guess that can be said about many episodes of 7th Heaven. Everybody crying about stupid things. Bah. Need a few more words to get the minimum 100 words. Hmm. Almost there. Shouldn't take much longer now. Anyway, I'd give this episode a 4 out of 10, which is still better than many of the episodes this season. So, wow. this person was really unhappy. Yeah, um, a lot of that was untrue. Uh, I don't think... Oh, yeah, no, the Reverend was, was not, not on drugs. No. Well, not that we know of. Uh, Although I guess his childlike fashion, fascination with everything might have seemed yeah. that way to a casual viewer or a non-casual viewer. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll go, what was your first impression? Um, yeah, I really disliked this episode. Um, I don't think we got to, like, the crux of what this episode was about until about three-quarters way, like, into it. And what it was about was not good. Yes, uh, which is honestly uh, about, like, men can have emotions, is what it really is about. I wrote, it is hard to be a man in a bathtub is basically what I got from it. Um, it yeah, it was uh, foolish. I, I think, yeah, that was the main, like, plot of the episode. There were a bunch of other minor plots that actually, like, um... I feel like they should have probably paid more attention to them because Lucy's figuring out what she wants to do in her life. Simon's stepping up in the house. Um, Matt's kind of, like, figuring out his, like, life outside of the house as well. But instead, we have this focus on men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, we can start with the, the cold open. Yep. So the cold open begins with all of the Camdens coming into the kitchen and giving their dinner plates to... Annie, and Annie is asking them all for, like, a review of the meal, and we gather that most of them are unhappy because they ate fish, and apparently they've been eating a lot of fish because fish is heart healthy. Uh, it's so, all about making sure the reverend is on a healthy diet. Um, but basically the scene is just everybody saying, oh, the food was delicious, but then being like, okay, can we get our burgers now? Yeah. And all of them, like, running off to get their new food. Appar yeah. Apparently Matt ate beforehand, um, but yeah, the cold open kind of establishes this new like lifestyle they're leading, for, uh, especially for the Rev, who is talking about how the fish was the best meal he'd ever had, except he said that the night before and also the night before. So everything is great for him and everything is terrible for everyone else, <laughs> right? As and, our user review said, um, he then like passionately kisses his wife and we have some face acting by Matt. Yeah. A plus Barry Watson. Uh, Barry Watson, always killing it for me. And then that's the end of the cold open. So uh, 
return from the cold open. Well, bef- oh wait, yeah, in the opening credits, we have another series regular now. Shauna has been promoted. It seems Maureen Flanagan. Yep. So uh, we have all the Camdens, and we have John Hamilton, um, and then we have Shauna, who does not have a last name. No, she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, when we return from the cold open. It's all of the Camdens in bed, and you can hear, as it shows all of them, uh, the Rev is singing somewhere in the house, we don't know, uh, and they are all looking at the clock and throwing their clocks and being upset that they have been awakened so early. What's the song that the Rev's singing? I don't. It's some. It's like a spiritual hymn? song. He's like, I don't know if it's necessarily a hymn, it's just kind of like a... Yeah, I don't know. Something He's, about, Lord, do remember me. He's like, do, Lord. He also, Lord, at some point, is like, you should take Jesus into your heart like I did. Yeah, like, Jesus is my Savior. You're right. He should be yours. Well, anyway, um, so they're all frustrated, and he's, then we see him, and he's singing this while he is making fresh orange juice, which is time-consuming, and I don't know why you would do that. Uh, and he also... Uh, so everyone in the house is woken up, and then he makes a phone call to John and Matt's apartment um, to wake them up. But before they can answer the phone, he hangs up, and we learn apparently he does this every morning to make sure that Matt gets to work. And as we see in the apartment, like, John and Matt are frustrated, but Matt wasn't going to wake up in time for right. work, so it was good that the Rev called. This is our first real peek at Matt and John's apartment, uh, which uh, is a mess. They uh, have a bunk bed. Which is adorable. Um, and everything's all over the place. You can't really see the floor. Um, Matt's, like, picking up his clothes off of the floor. Like, he's right, putting right. on clothes from the floor. Uh, he, like, said that his alarm was supposed to go off, but it didn't. I'd just like to point out, actually, this is something that you saw in the background of the cold open. That on the fridge, in, like, magnets or something, or, like, on a paper, piece of paper, it's written. It's in those magnets, like, yeah. those letter magnets. It says, keep your job, Matt. So I guess that's what, like, what, what's his job now? He is working at the cafeteria at the hospital. Oh, right, yes. We, I did know this. Um, and so that, so that establishes, like, this kind well, of... Yeah, and the, and the Rev, because Annie was like, who are you calling this early? And the Rev says, oh, Matt needs to keep this job because, like, he obviously needs the job to pay his rent. And I guess the Rev doesn't want Matt coming back home now that he's gone. So um, it's going back to, like, the Rev is, like, obsessed with making sure that Matt keeps his job. Um, then we get a small scene between Ruthie and Simon, and this kind of establishes Simon's arc for the episode, which is his, like, I'm now the man of the house. Um, so he's asking Ruthie if she's done her homework, and Ruthie's like, I don't gotta tell you anything. And he's like, well, I'm the man of the house. And she's like, I do not care. (laughs) (laughs) Do not? (laughs) Do not. So, yeah, uh... Meanwhile, upstairs in uh, Mary and Lucy's new attic room. Oh, yeah. This is the first time we saw the attic yep. room. Um, yeah. Mary is getting ready. She did not do well on a math pop quiz, um, and she needs to get it signed. And she decides to go to the Rev because the Rev is unupsettable yeah. as it is. And we learn, well, like, just through throughout the episode Lucy is like you shouldn't do that because you're not supposed to upset him so apparently Annie has given all of the kids instructions to basically not ask the Rev for anything because it might stress him out and then he might have another heart attack or something so doesn't really go Mary's way because the Rev starts to get really philosophical about trigonometry um he's, and I- he's, <laughs> he ends 
Only knows the end zone saying that he would be missing out on some parental bliss if Mary didn't reach her full potential in math. So, I don't know. Uh, Meanwhile, downstairs at breakfast, uh, Simon is again taking his responsibility as man of the house really seriously. He uh, turns to Lucy and is like, did you do all of your homework? Lucy's like, who is you, bitch? (laughs) I wish that's what she said. um, And, you know, like... She starts, like, laughing at him, uh, and then she laughs even more when Simon's like, I have to go upstairs and shave. And we find out that Simon has started shaving as soon as um, the Rev came back from the hospital. So, you know, him being a man correlates to the Rev's heart attack. Um, so Simon goes upstairs to shave, and then uh, Mary and the Rev come down, and the Rev has had a re- re- revelation, and he has this idea that he wants all of his kids to try to do in the day. Yeah, and the I, I thought that this was, like, a silly, um, or it didn't really make sense to me. He's like, okay, so I want you all to reach out to someone that you have alienated in the past and make a connection and then, like, start new friendships, but he asks them to ask the people that they've alienated for help, and I was like, well, this kind of just looked like if they've alienated someone and then they ask them to help them. It just looks like they're using them for something. Like, it's not going to make these, like, they're not going to forge friendships this way. The person's probably going to be like, no, you've alienated me. I don't want to help you. But because it is seventh heaven, of course, everybody sets off to do this, and they take it very seriously, even though the Rev does not go to school with them to make sure that they do this. Uh, Meanwhile, Simon is upstairs shaving, and Matt shows up. Uh, apparently it's Matt's break from work, even though, I mean, I don't really think that much time has passed, but No okay. one has left for school yes, yet. exactly. So. Um, and he decides that during his break, he goes home and takes a shower. So we have a, we have a scene where Matt is basically laughing at Simon because he's like, you're shaving. Why are you shaving? Yeah. And Simon is kind of like talking himself, talking to himself in the mirror, being like, don't cry. Men don't cry. Men don't get their feelings hurt. And, like, this kind of, like, mantra he's telling himself. Yeah, this is, like, part of his growing. He's not going to cry anymore uh, as the transition from a boy to a man. So um, as the day continues in the seventh heaven verse, we kind of visit each uh, Camden kid, except for Ruthie, at school um, and see where how they're getting along with this project. Uh, I think the first person we see is Matt. Yes. Um, so Matt is running. So this is when we find out that he was showering in between, uh, school. He, he's runs into John and he's like on his way to class and he tells John about the assignment that the Rev has given all of the Camden kids. And John is like, that's a great idea. Sean has been jealous that like you moved into this apartment without asking her and that you've been spending so much time with me. So I don't think she likes me, so I'm going to reach out to Shauna. And Matt's like, okay, whatever. I need to go to class. And at that same time, Shauna comes up and is like, hi, what's up? And Matt's like, I have to go to class. So um, so John is like, I'm new here. Show me around. And Shauna's like, okay. <laughs> and that begins a beautiful new friendship between Shauna and John. Uh, then we go to the high school. Yeah, and... At the high school, um, Lucy is, like, stressed out about what she's going to do to fulfill the Rev's assignment because she's taking it very seriously, and Mary is taking it less seriously because... I First, think- she slaps somebody on the ass. <laughs> yes. First, Mary sexually harasses someone, uh, and then 
Uh, I forget. I don't I forget even how this comes about. But Mary asks. So no, Mary needs a favor from Lucy, and she's like, "Can you just come and practice basketball with me after school? I've previously alienated you, so now I'm reaching out and we're connecting." And Lucy was like, "I never felt alienated, and I think you just want me to help you." Uh, and Mary kind of has like I think it. Uh, an- disproportionate reaction to Lucy being like... She's kind of an asshole about it yeah. because she's like, well, next year you're going to be a senior and uh, you, you're, like, no one's going to want to help you when you can't figure out what you want to do with your life or, like, where you want to go to college. So... Yeah, so I guess what Mary's trying to say is that, like, Lucy helping her with basketball is, like, helping her with the future because Mary's future is basketball? I guess. Question mark. And Lucy all of a sudden, like, is like... You're right. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. So this is like her preoccupation for the next for the rest of the episode. Uh, but then in I guess the junior high school, uh, Simon has a bunch of books and he kind of like falls over into Jim, um, as the review provided the name for us. Uh, yeah. Uh, so and then he like kind of unloads on Jim not only his like like literally with the books but also figuratively by telling Jim I everything. Thought, I thought that the scene too yeah because he's carrying on these books and I was like oh this is the first in season 4 we haven't seen the kids in school before yet so this is presumably like the beginning of the school year so I thought these were all of like Simon's like you know back to school books and he's like oh I just took out all of these books because my dad had a heart attack and I'm looking up the hereditary like I don't know, like, to find out, like, how predisposed Simon is to having a heart attack. Um, and Jim's like, okay, I'll carry all of these books to your life. Lo- oh, and he's like, and I'm having trouble being the man of the house now. So yeah, Jim he, thinks that the Rev is dead. Uh, right, he's like, well, because Simon's like, I have to take care of the girls. And the, and the and six-month-old s- twins. And he's, so he's, he's, like, sounding like he's their father and not their younger brother and older brother. But like, so I guess Jim is sympathetic. Right. But then um, Jim's like, oh, your father's dead, basically. And Simon's like, no, he's fine. It was only a mild heart attack. <laughs> He'll be great after, like, died in exercise, blah, blah, blah. And then Jim's like, well, then what the hell? Like, didn't yeah. he say something like man up or, like, stop being a wuss? Did he say stop being a wuss? Uh, maybe. I don't know. But, but he says something along the lines of, like, you are having the wrong reaction to things. Yeah, I think if anyone has the right to say that, though, in this episode, it's him. Because right. we find out, that, spoiler alert, his father has actually, like, died. So yeah. um, when he's, like, at first, his, like sim- you can understand why at first he was, like, sympathetic. And then he's, like, really? Your dad's still alive and you're acting like all of this is on your shoulders? Um, so, and also Matt still exists. But uh, which is a point of contention, as we see in the uh, later in the episode. Yeah. But before all the kids come home, um, we kind of figure out what the home situation like uh, home situation is like for Annie at this point. Um, uh, just a side note: the Rev is being told to meditate, so that's what he's been doing a lot. Um, probably not that successfully, as we've seen. He keeps on getting interrupted. Uh, and there's a sign on the door that says, do not ring the doorbell. But that does not stop the horrible Mrs. Beaker, or Ms. Beaker, from being the worst. So if you don't remember who Mrs. Beaker is, or Miss Beaker, I'm going to call her Mrs. Beaker. Um, she's the horrible church lady who, in the episode where, I mean, she's she's come up twice before, most notably in the episode where they had the baby shower for Annie, she was the one who was leading all of the church ladies, like, through the Camden's cabinets. Um, So she comes, and she is, like, trying to be nosy, and she's like, is the Rev receiving people? Um, And kind of Annie reveals that the Rev is home from the hospital, but 
she's like, he doesn't want to see anyone, especially you, because you're going to come in here and you're going to gossip about us. So bye. Um, and the lady leaves. And Annie goes into the love den where the Rev is sitting down. And, and then standing up. <laughs> yeah. He goes, well, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, sit- st- I'm sitting down. And then he stands up and he goes, and now I'm standing up. And he just keeps on doing this over, again, over and over again because he's just so amazed by the miracle of the human body. He's like, our heads are so big, but when I get up, it moves. And when I sit down, it moves again. And it's just so profound to him. So profound, in fact, that even his baby children, the twins, are like, what is wrong with you, mister? <laughs> like you sh- it's, There's a lot of baby acting in this episode as well. Uh, and he's kind of fed up with this. And this continues later in the evening when she's, like, like I guess getting ready for dinner because he's, like, playing with the lights and talking about how electricity is so amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, while this is going on, um, we are, let's, we'll go upstairs to the rest of the Camden household. Oh my God, or is this Simon and Ruthie? Yes. <laughs> so the best line of the episode occurs. Yes. When Simon asks Ruthie if she tried to make friends with any alienated kids today, and Ruthie says... Okay, I'll, I was. I gonna, didn't. Was oh no, it no. was you. It's all you. All right, it's all you. She says, "I did, but Ricky said his parents are citizens." <laughs> I will have to say that this line left me in all kinds of shock. I made a lot of shocked noises at it <laughs> after it happened. But it was good. Yes, it, it was. was it was uh, cleverly done. Good job, Brenda uh, Hampton. Yeah, for writing that. If you, if you're the one that wrote that, um, so Simon's like feeling like, oh, I'm not being, like, a good man of the house right now. And then Lucy comes in and he's like, what do you think I should do when I grow up? Or what should I be when I grow up? And he's like, well, what gets you, like, passionate? What makes you happy? What do you care about the most? And they both come to the conclusion that it's boys, which is unhelpful. (laughs) Also, um, Simon is telling Ruthie to go take a bath. So... Yeah, Ruthie goes into the bathroom and is, as we see, Matt, the next, we see her because Matt is at the Camden house picking up basic supplies for his apartment because he doesn't have towels or shampoo or toothpaste, apparently. Or a rubber ducky or a frog to play with in the bathtub. Yeah. So he goes into the bathroom and Ruthie is just sitting there uh, and we actually don't see her at first. And she's like, you ever heard of knocking? Um, But when it shows her, she's just sitting on the edge of the tub. And we get a, what are we doing? But this time it's from Matt. Matt says it. Uh, and Ruthie says, well, Simon told me I need to take a bath, uh, but I'm not dirty. So Matt is like, well, then you don't need to take a bath. And so Ruthie's like, thank you, and leaves. Manipulating, Uh, as always. Good job, Ruthie. Um, then as Matt continues to collect things for his own apartment, Lucy comes in, and Lucy asks for his advice, uh, about what she should be doing when she grows up. Um, Matt says, well, you're, you you have, like, the same skill set as mom does like you're good with your hands you're handy like you were good with mechanics maybe you can go and be a mechanic uh while they're having this conversation ruthie's like haha matt said i don't need to take a bath and simon's like what (laughs) so simon like stops in the bathroom and he's like why did you tell ruthie she doesn't need to take a bath and matt says because she doesn't (laughs) And he's like, stop it. And why You're are you? undermining me uh, or something yeah, to that something, effect. Yeah. And then he's like, and what are you talking to Lucy about? And Lucy's like, she, he's helping me. And like Matt's just, Simon's just really upset because he's. Because Matt's the, just a visitor in the house now and he is the man. But uh, it doesn't matter really because when Matt gives the mechanic advice, Lucy's like, 
Lucy's like, I don't want to be a mechanic. I want to be someone important, which is rude. Yeah. Um, and, like, very, like, archaic views of no, jobs. Yeah, I guess it's just, like, I don't know. Like, what do you consider important then, Lucy? I guess uh, she's someone who works with their brain and not their hands, which is, like, stupid. That Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, he like, Matt's, like, argument for that, he's like, well, there's men... There's so many, like, like there's a lot of guys that go to mechanic school, and she's and, like... Yeah, and it all comes back to Lucy primarily being interested in men. She's like, why does everybody think this about me? And then she, like, kind of storms off. Um, but, apparently, but I think, like, this conversation actually helps Lucy in the end, as we'll see. Um, so Matt, you know, jauntily leaves with his collection of things, and as he's leaving, uh, we see that Annie is is helping Mary with her trigonometry. And he's like, I'm out of here. And then he runs into the Rev, who is lying on a picnic table in the backyard, staring up at the moon. Singing the same song again from the beginning, yeah. Um, And he tells Matt that he loves him. And Matt's like, I love you too. (laughs) And And a good little father-son moment. And then they depart. And the Rev continues to sing along and do this kind of weird, like, squirmy dance on, like, while he's lying down on the table. Um, and... And apparently the neighbors complain about it. Uh, yeah, because... Because Ruthie uh, goes... Well, actually, this is another kind of confusing scene because Annie's upstairs putting the twins to bed. Because she's ha- her and Mary are like at odds with each other about the trigonometry. So she's like, I can't do this right now. I'll come back to you. You do it by yourself. And so she's left. And then Ruthie's like, Dad is downstairs singing again. And uh, the then na- the phone rings. Yeah. And it's a neighbor calling. It's Miss Clark, I think. To like say there was like a, dis- ask if there's like a disturbance or something at the house. Yeah, basically, is everything okay? And he's like, everything's fine. But and then- at the same time, Ruthie's complaining about it. Then Lucy comes in and is like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And then Simon rushes in and is like, why doesn't anyone ask me for help? I'm the man of the house. But then he immediately leaves and doesn't offer to help it with anything. And then Mary also comes in and she's like, are we done? And so there's all these things happening. And you kind of get this like, di- like dichotomy of all the kids kind of swarming Annie, except for Matt, and, like, the Rev just chilling and having the time of his life um, on the picnic table. But that's the way it was set up. They, they were all told not to. Uh, right, so, exactly. Uh, we then follow Matt back to his apartment, uh, where Shauna and John have, like, spent, I guess, some time together cleaning it up. And it looks great. You know, as much as a studio with a bunk bed for... 20-somethings could be. Um, uh, yeah, but as soon as he gets there, they are on their way out. Uh, I don't know. I think, like, John has to go to work, and Shauna, they might both have to go to work. And he's, like, giving her a ride, I think. Yeah, so they're both on their way out, and he is back home and alone again. And I don't know, we get the idea that, or does he, he I don't know, whatever. Matt's, like, feeling like the third wheel now because at first it apparently was... Shauna felt like the third wheel to John and Matt, and now he's on the outs. So there's that. Uh, the next morning, I think. I'm going to say this the next morning. Yeah. Um, we are back at school for all of the Camdens. 
Um, Lucy is talking to three girls that we've never seen before and we will probably never see again. Um, and she is volunteering to do something with them. And the girls are like, uh, is this because of the men that are there because they're all married? So you can't hit on them or like you can't flirt with them or whatever. She's like, no, 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 that's not why. Um, and then they're like, okay, we'll see you after school. So we don't really know what she's getting into. Oh, and there's also this weird question that they ask her about, like, so we get that these girls are not, like, the most, like, popular, um, and they're like, oh, you're on the B list. Like, we're... Yeah, (laughs) So, so basically we get the idea that, like, Lucy is lowering herself on the social ladder to engage in whatever activity this is. And then some girl who's just like, over, like eavesdropping, is like, you were pr- yeah, you were pretty close to the A-list last year when you dated Jordan. I'd hate to like see you throw it away or whatever. And, and Lucy's like, like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah, she says, thank you as an A-list person for talking to me, a B-list person. But the B-list is like more than I ever aspired to. And these girls are doing something that's really exciting and really good. And like, I'd rather blow my chance than miss out on this opportunity. This is when I was like, I bet it's Habitat for Humanity. Guess what? It's Habitat for Humanity. Yeah. Um, yeah, this goes down. We go back to um, Simon at junior high with Jim. Uh, Jim tells Simon his story, basically. He goes, like, how's everything with the man of the house going? And Simon's like, it's not really going that well. Um, oh, he had, like, this, get this moment where he, had, like, has left, like, some of the shave stuff on his face. Oh, yeah, he's got, like, a little piece of toilet paper where he'd cut himself shaving. Um, and then we get the whole reveal from Jim about, like, my when my father passed, like, I had a hard time. I was trying to be, like, strong, because I was the man of the house, um, and I didn't want to cry at first, but then when I finally did cry, I couldn't stop, and my mom thought I was a wimp, and she didn't want me to be a wimp, so she made me... Oh, a sissy, so she made me play football, but then I would just cry at football, um, and, and, and these very, like, I don't know, stupid views about, like, boys shouldn't have feelings or whatever. Apparently his mom, like... And this is the first time that we get this, that this is, like... The kind of theme behind this episode, right. I think. No, exactly. And this is very much, as I said earlier um, in my first impressions, like way, way into the episode. Like we're nearing the last like 15 minutes of the episode now. Yes. Um, and Jim also has like something where there's uh, like a fatherly figure that comes and hangs out with him. But he also cries with the fatherly figure. So his mom, who's like very concerned about her reputation and her son's reputation, instead of going to their own minister, ends up going to the reverend. And the reverend tells them that it's okay that he cries, that he, like, it's it's good that men, sh- like, that he as, like, a boy shows emotion. Basically the idea that uh, men can be men even if they cry, and men can be men even if they have feelings and emotions, um, which is a great concept, and I'm glad that this was brought up. Um, I just didn't realize that this was what the theme of the story, <laughs> the, the episode was about. Um, and Jim's like, and, you know, that's why... I am who I am, and now, like, I'm on the... I'm, the good thing about this is that I'm on the football team now, and I really like it. And they call me Weepy. That's my nickname, and I love it, because who cares? And I'm like, wow, Jim, you are a, ref- a breath of fresh air in the world of Seventh Heaven. Yeah. Um, so he basically gives Simon the A-OK to be... Emotional. Yes. Uh, and we which s- Simon immediately puts to use. Yes. Because Matt comes to pick up Simon from school... And Simon is immediately like, 
where's mom? Where's Mary? And Mary's at basketball practice, and mom is, I don't know, doing whatever. So, and Lucy's doing Habitat for Humanity. Which but we, we don't find know out later. Uh, so, but Simon, Simon is already, like, there's this tension between him and Matt because of the... Uh, Incident earlier the shaving where, yeah, and the laughing and the <laughs> taking over his, like, job as man of the house. Uh, and it kind of blows over when he's like, you should have found out where Lucy is doing. And Matt's like, it doesn't matter. Like, we'll find out later. And Simon's like, that's it. Get out of the car. And he, Matt's like, are you going to fight me? And then Ruthie's like, if you're going to fight, then I'm going to be the woman in this. And, <laughs> and by woman, I mean Xena. I'm like, you go, Ruthie. You go. So, anyway... Simon tells Matt to get out of his own car that he's behind the wheel of because he's like, I'm going to tell you off, uh, which they do. And I don't know, Simon's just like, you move out and you leave us all alone and then you come back and you try to undermine my authority as the man of the house. Like, you, you can't have it both ways. And then, I don't know, Matt's like, I didn't realize you were actually this upset by any of this because, I mean, it looks like what Simon's like 13 or whatever and it just seems like he's... I don't know. This is being cute like, or something. Right. This like, is like this is his thing Matt, of the week. Yeah. Right? Like Matt probably didn't. Re- you know how old is Matt's? Like twenty. Like he doesn't realize right. that like Simon's taking this so seriously. And then Simon, like, and Matt also says, "I didn't realize I was doing anything to upset you." And he's like, "Well, what about laughing at me when I was trying to shave?" And then all of a sudden, it kind of hits Matt that like he this would bother like a thirteen-year-old boy. So then Simon's crying, and then Matt's also crying. And, and but everything's okay. I they, think they've come to an understanding. They hug it out. Okay. <laughs> and Ruthie's like, when are things gonna go back to normal? Um, so at back at home, uh, the doorbell rings again because again, Mrs. Beaker cannot read a sign, and she's there to see if everything is okay because of the phone call last night about a disturbance. Yeah. Like apparently the the whole town knows. The whole now. neighborhood knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and this is when I got a little annoyed. So, in some episodes, in some shows, actually in all shows, there's just always that character, which is just like, there's nothing really redeeming about them. They're just kind of there to be like the antagonist or like the kind of comedic, like evil person. Not evil, but just bad person or whatever, right? And I, like, got that, like, Mrs. Beaker was going to be that. Like, she's a town gossip. You kind of, like, know what her role is. She's annoying. She's easy to hate, blah, blah, blah. But then they decide in this episode... To make her human. Right. And they give her, like, something sympathetic. So, like, Annie is like, oh, if you come in, like, yeah, there was a disturbance last night or whatever. You're going to come in here and then you're going to see all of the dysfunction that's currently going on in the house. And then you're going to tell the whole neighborhood how screwed up the Reverend's family is. And she was like, you know, some people gossip because they need a friend or something. Oh, this is how they make friends is by gossiping. Yeah, and she's like, I really don't know how to make friends, but I want a friend. Uh, and then Annie's like, well, I have laundry and ironing and cooking to do, so I don't have time for friends. And she's like, those are all of my favorite things to do. So Annie's like, come on in and do my laundry and ironing and cooking. And that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> Mrs. Beaker becomes the new Camden mother. As Annie disappears for the rest of the afternoon, basically. Um, she cooks dinner. She helps Mary with her... Math homework. We, which we kind of skipped over that scene, but whatever. Oh, when they were crying? Yeah. There was a scene... We, I mean, it was like kind of funny. I don't know. Not really. Where, yeah, Annie is trying to help Mary with her math homework, and they were just crying about it. Like, And Annie's like, you can get help after school. And Mary's like, I have basketball after school. And then Annie says that 
math is more important than basketball. And Mary says, no, it isn't. But anyway, they were like really weeping about not knowing how to do trigonometry. But luckily, Mrs. Beaker uh, is now in the picture and she apparently is good at trigonometry. And she teaches Mary, and she does all of this other stuff. She cooks dinner and everything. She makes lemon meringue for dinner, for dessert. Yeah. Um, and Lucy comes home, and we see that she is in a bandana. and Overalls. She's all, like, mussed up. And this kind of, like, for the viewer so far who doesn't know about Habitat for Humanity, kind of, like, picks up this, like, oh, maybe she is following this mechanic route. But turns out she was working with Habitat for Humanity all day, and she learned how to shingle a roof, and that this is what she wants to do. She wants to make affordable housing for low-income families, which is a noble pursuit. I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, Um, And I think in other parts of the house we have Simon, like, Basically coming to terms with, like, they come to, like, an impasse where where he's like, I'm not going to ask you about your homework because clearly you're doing your homework. But she's not. She's coloring because we found out that she asked her, she reached out to her teacher uh, and her teacher, like, is the alienated person she's reaching out to and her teacher did her homework for her. Right, so I thought that this was going to take a completely different turn. I thought that this was Simon, like, concerned about his little sister not making friends, that the only friend that she could make was the, the school, like, the, her teacher. But I guess that was not it at all. Yeah. It was just Ruthie, you know, doing what Ruthie does best, which is getting ahead. Um, I think this is when we have the bathtub scene. I don't yeah. think there's anything else that's going on. Yeah, no, the bathtub scene. Um, so this is, as the uh, review, or the... Yeah, the review yeah. said uh, this is where the Rev gives his big speech about, uh, well, Annie and him are in the bathtub, and she asks about what he... They're s- drinking. You oh, and they, I did note this. So this is another inconsistency because we got the idea after Julie like went to rehab that maybe the Camdens were going to stop drinking. And then, I don't know if it's been said but in recent episodes, but I know in future episodes definitely... The Rev will be offered a drink or something, and he will refuse and say, like, I don't drink. Anyway, Didn't here. the French man, the French exchange student, bring, like, wine, and they said something like, we don't drink? Yeah, they yeah. Bought, they she right. bought, Yeah, he bought fancy wine. Yeah, um, but this is clearly not true because they have glasses of wine in the bathtub. And so Annie's like, tell me what you saw. Like, was did you see a light that you had to go towards? Uh, anyway, he gives this big speech about how... He saw all of the men in his... He, at first, he saw, like, photos of himself throughout his life, and the bad ones disappeared, and the good ones moved on. Uh, and Whatever that Then means. he saw photos of uh, the colonel, but, like, things he couldn't possibly have ever seen, like the colonel in combat, or the colonel coming to see his mother right after he was born. Um, and then he starts, like, talking about, like, and all of the generations of men in my family throughout time... He saw them, like, doing good for people, and he was like, the thing that unites us is not our sins, but our strengths. Yeah. And Struggling Annie's, through the tears. And, yeah, and they're both, and, and the Rev is crying, and Annie is crying, because this is so beautiful for both of them. And, uh... This is the speech that our review, uh, reviewer had, um, a lot of problems with, which, actually, did I mention on my first review? I already said this, didn't I? Um, that I didn't, like... No, realize that it was so man-focused. But I don't... I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive. But I don't think that was the intention. 
I think because the, I think they're just trying to tie it together with like the whole Simon yeah being like the man of the house or whatever and like the fact that like Simon is allowed to feel what Simon is allowed to feel and that like I think it's just that like men are allowed to cry right which is of course we completely agree with that we, yeah like that the, they didn't need to make an entire episode about it or if they were gonna make an entire episode about it, it they could have done it a lot better and not this like weird contrived way that they did it here. Like, not talking about it until the last 10, 15 minutes of the episode and having all these other things going on. Like, they could have very easily done something where, like, Simon got picked on or something for crying at, like, something that happened, right? Or, like, being upset by the fact that his father had just had a heart attack and, like, a bully is making fun of him and then you have this, like, it's okay (laughs) to cry. But this is what they decided to do, so I guess this is what we have to review. Um, (laughs) But We would have done it differently. um, Yeah. I mean, clearly we've seen that we have way better ideas. Um, the Rev then picks up a bar of soap and then drops it. And he's like, look, it floats. I thought this was going to be a sexual thing. I did too. When he picked up the bar of soap, I definitely did too. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. But no, it wasn't. And Annie, like, through her tears, like, I don't know who invented it, but you're right. Yeah. It is so cool. So again, he still, like, has this weird fascination with every little thing. Um, and that is, like, that's the like end of the night for that like day. And the next morning, everything seems to be a little bit back to normal. Um, I think, yeah, everybody's at breakfast. Annie, or the girls are at breakfast. Annie's like, oh, I'm really proud of you for doing Habitat for Humanity. That's something I really wanted to do. And she turns to Ruthie and says, stop using your teacher to do your homework. Yeah. And then Ruthie's like, I'm glad everything's back to normal. And... One of the girl, other like women is like, sort of. And our last shot is all of the men of the Camden family. So this includes the twins, Matt, Simon, and the Rev are in the bathroom. Yeah. Where, where they are. All shaving. Except, and the twins are in there as well. Right. Um, and it's just like, oh, the man times. And then they make fun of um, Matt for his little soul patch. You're right. Because, uh, and that's it. Well, he, Simon... Said, like, Matt says something, well, Simon was crying about something. And Simon's like, well, we were both crying. And Rev is like, it's good that you were both crying. <laughs> and they just continue shaving, and then it fades to black. It's beautiful. Goodbye. <laughs> like End of series. <laughs> uh, so. What would you rate this? Oh, geez. Oh, oh, oh. 2.5 out of 7. That's not. Oh, wait, we didn't finish Matt's storyline. Oh, <laughs> well. I knew I forgot something. Um, before the like end morning scene, um, Matt is kind of like moping around about like Shauna never being around for like he get he goes back to the apartment and he tries to call Shauna and then John walks in and he's like, oh, where where is everyone? What have you been doing? And John's like, oh, I'm meeting up with coffee for something. I'm meeting up with someone for coffee. And I thought it was going to be Shauna. And we clearly get the idea that Matt thinks, like, something's up. Um, And he's like, okay. And John's like, it's not Shauna. And he's like, dude, like, you can't be upset that I'm the one that's hanging out with her. Because, one, I'm your best friend. Two, there's, like, a million other guys that are always around her. And then he, like, walks out the door and then comes in again. He's like, and three, she really loves you. So much so that she switched up with some other guy and is here now. And then she appears in the door, and Matt and Shauna are alone in the apartment together to do whatever they want on the bunk beds. Yes. So. Sorry, we didn't mention that earlier. So 2.5 out of 7. I'm, I'm not giving changing. it a 2. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I have no, nothing else to I say about it. I mean, there will be some kind of screenshot or something on our Facebook and our Instagram. Instagram. And also on our Twitter, which is both of which are at Camden Cast Show. Um, otherwise, we're getting into season four, and so far, it's not a good look for Seventh Heaven. So I'm hoping <laughs> things get better. Um, I've seen the description for the next episode, so it looks like it might. Uh, <laughs> my ire is yeah. might be well we'll we'll get to that yes on saturday uh so, so you can find out what that's about if you uh want to listen to us subscribe through or follow us um through soundcloud or on itunes where you can also give us a rate and review uh we have been getting some likes, uh, some new some new likes on our Facebook page, and even some new reviews on our Facebook page. Yeah, so if you like us, maybe tell your friends who might like us. Yeah. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, you're looking to laugh about 90s, early 2000s television. This is the best way to do it. Yeah. Because sometimes this show's absurd. Yeah. Um, well, I'm Tammy. I'm Erin. And this is Camden Cast. Say